Welcome to Refirement Life, the podcast for anyone navigating life transitions or planning to make life transitions to ensure your next years are your best years. Listen in for insightful, generous, and sometimes humorous conversation. It's time to get fired up with Christine Zamuda and Muge Wood, your hosts for this latest episode of Refirement Life. Okay, great. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome, our dear subscribers and followers. Um, today's episode will focus on thrive where you are, or as they say, thrive and bloom where you are planted. And this episode idea came to me and Christine um, when we were thinking about how uh, you may be in a situation where um, you may be unable to change your circumstances for a variety of reasons. It could be a job situation. It could be obligation. Uh, it could be loyalty. Uh, maybe you find yourself in a situation where you feel like, I wish uh, your my circumstances are different, but I have to go with it. Um, and in a situation like this, how can we cultivate a mindset of optimism, growth and gratitude uh, so we continue to feel and do our best. Um, so that's what we are going to talk about. Before we dive into it too much, um, I am absolutely thrilled um, to um, introduce uh, a guest on our podcast today, a very dear friend and colleague who I have been uh, I've been admiring for many years. She has been an inspiration to me, uh, Laura Carbars, um, and Laura is going to also weigh in with her perspective on this particular topic. Um, Laura, would you please uh, introduce yourself and your background a little bit to our uh, followers, um, and then uh, we'll go deeper into the topic. Sure. So good morning, and thank you for having me. What a what an opportunity and um, an honor as well um, to be joining both of you this morning. Um, my background, I have been in corporate America for about 33, maybe 34 years now. Um, I started, um, I'm originally from the Chicago area, now reside in Houston, Texas for the last 23 years. Um, so I might have to say I'm from Texas now and I've been here long enough. Um, I started my career at what was then Anderson Consulting. Um, I went on to um, be a an IT director for a mid-sized consulting company, moved down to Houston, um, went to work for Microsoft, um, and now I am um, part of uh, Deloitte's organization uh, for the last uh, six years, almost six years. My background is, um, I mean, by education, computer science. So all of my experience has been within the information technology industry. And um, most recently in Texas, the last 23 years have been all related to the oil and gas industry. Amazing. Welcome, Laura. So uh, so as you're introducing yourself, I had the epiphany that is inspiring and scary a little bit at the same time, which is that um, you are 30 plus with uh, corporate America. As me and Christine, we had that background. So amongst us, we are like a century uh, worth of experience. Um, so um, and and we are going strong in a lot of different ways as we support one another uh, when the times get tough. So that 
that's that's pretty awesome. Thank you and welcome. Um, so as we typically do, um, refinement opportunities everywhere, every day, uh, especially when we start to think about it more intentionally. Um, and uh, let's just take a few minutes to talk about, um, you know, what inspired us, Christine, since our last episode, any reflections? Um, uh, how have you been? How are things going for you? Any um, uh, events or uh, points you want to share? Sure, sure. So I, I, since we last spoke, I have been in Isla Palm, South Carolina, which is a, a favorite spot of, of mine, been visiting the island for, wow, 20 years now, and had the opportunity to do something new through a recommendation of a friend. And she uh, suggested an e-bike tour. I don't know if you all have done e-bikes yet. Super, super fun. And when I looked at where we were going, I was like, eh, you know, I've seen like three or four of the of the five places, but yeah, I'll still go. You know, my friends want to go, but, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And when we went on the tour, it was really eye opening because you just saw things from a different vantage point. And I saw things even in the places that I had visited before in a different way. So when we talk about you know, sort of sprucing up your life or thinking about, um, you know, just experiencing new things, these little micro adventures that we take can really make a difference. And I'm super excited about some of the places we found. And I'm even planning to take a few people there uh, myself as as a host to to share some of these little treasures. So I, I guess the, the long and short of it is um, inspiration for me was, you know, just to have an open mind and uh, go with the flow sometimes. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. Actually, you touched upon uh, a similar experience that for me inspired this episode as well. Um, my husband and I lived in Austin for some time. Um, some time ago and and uh, we go often because our kid is at UT Austin and we feel like we generally know there is all, all there is to know we know our way around and then one day during our visit on a Sunday we said okay let's try this um, bus tour uh, called Aquaduct Adventures uh, mm -hmm. one of those buses that also go on the lake and I'm like how does that work I need to experience this I feel like I should be on a bus that goes on a lake um, so we <laughs> signed up for this tour and I am thinking this is just really a bit cheesy and goofy. We are like tourists um, in Austin. Uh, how on earth is this going to go? But who cares? Nobody has seen us. Um, let's just go with it. <laughs> Undercover. So, <laughs> undercover. So it ended up being an amazing experience. Um, uh, first of all, our captain uh, was a U.S. Coast Guard veteran of 11 years. He entertained us with many, many uh, awesome stories. Um, and uh, we learned a lot about history of Austin um, that we didn't know about, like the Capitol building was built in six years and it was the fastest build of a Capitol building in the U.S. Um, it has six seals on the building. They're representing the claims of um, uh, countries um, on the Republic of Texas at the time. Uh, he pointed out some French architecture that we didn't know existed in Austin. And finally, we got on the lake. 
So this bus is going on the lake and I'm so thrilled to get that perspective. <laughs> and he's pointing out the mentions of celebrities, uh, Matthew McConaughey, very famous celebrity in Austin. So so we had a fantastic time and we got so inspired. We we're like, OK, we have to get back as soon as possible and explore these places further in a place where um, that has been accessible to us all this time. Uh, but a little bit of, to your point, openness um, uh, really um, created a new perspective of joy with relatively little effort. Um, so maybe uh, my takeaway is, um, you know, in the city you live, get on the bus tour and the you know, aqua dock tour and get on the lake and, uh, you know, and part of it is meeting people. Um, and, uh, you know, we met some uh, really cool people as well. So, um, so that was a, that was a nice episode. Yeah. Um, be a tourist in your own city. Makes sense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's uh, that's exactly right. Um, and then I want to add one more thing in, in terms of inspiration and reflection. Um, since our last conversation, um, I had a chance to attend uh, Barbara Bush uh, Literacy Foundation Gala um, that, that they hold in Houston annually. Um, and regardless of political affiliation, um, it was a fantastic um, celebration of reading um, and the impact we all can make to help others read. Um, so in our prior episode, we talked about um, thriving with small acts of kindness. Um, and my key takeaway is um, if uh, we choose to read, you know, one hour a month, let's say to an elementary school, um, the kind of impact we could be making to elevate the literacy. Uh, and they shared some astounding uh, statistics uh, like 54% um, of Americans actually read below level, um, uh, but it also is addressed that's awesome. Um, so, um, so just something to think about, and there are many ways to contribute, but that resonated with me uh, in line with our thriving with small acts of kindness um, episode that we did. Yeah. The the other person who's a, a huge, huge champion of of reading and literacy is Dolly Parton. Have you heard about some of her work? She allowed the children from her town to sign up on a reading list, and she sends them books regularly. And in addition to um, the reading and literacy, she also allowed any employee who worked at Dollywood to go to college on her dime. Like, how amazing. Like, she's having not only life-changing impact on those individuals, but multi-generational impact, right, as those folks progress and get better jobs as a result of being, you know, educated in a, in a different way than they could have done on their own. That's uh, that's pretty remarkable. Um, uh, she's um, she's an inspiration for sure, and I think she got a big grant recently um, to uh, help um, continue her great transformational work. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I want to um, get to Laura. And uh, Laura, um, what are your thoughts in terms of what thriving in place may mean to you um, and any tips or experiences you may have had um, in that area? Uh, well, I would say much like you both are describing in terms of taking the, the bus tour in your city of residence, I think we have a tendency to overlook the um, levers or the assets or the options that we have at our disposal um, and think about, you know, we, we think a little bit more about what the goal is and how we might be 
trapped or how we might be um, held in a certain you know, position, whether that's a job, whether that's a, a family situation, whether that's a move, a house move. And I think once you really sit back and think about what are the what are some of the options and what are some of the things that you can do to change your situation? Um, and so I think starting with a clean sheet of paper, if you will, or a clearer mind, which is sometimes hard to do, because I think when you're in those types of situations, a lot of times it might be a little bit more of a crisis um, or, you know, you might have pressures that you don't normally have where you're feeling uh, somewhat trapped. Um, but really thinking about what you can leverage not only in your own your own self in terms of your characteristics, your strength, previous experience, but also hopefully what you can depend on from the, your, your surrounding and supportive network. So your friends and your family, your community, um, I think there are a lot of things available to us um, that we need to really um, take a broader look and not be so focused on what the situation is and um, how we can't get out of it. Rather look at how you can. Yeah. It's funny that you said clean sheet. It, immediately what came to my mind is is some advice that my father always gave all of us. And he actually literally said, take a sheet of paper, put the pros and cons on each side, look at them and have someone else close to you look at them too. Like, what, what are you missing? What are you um, not maybe thinking about? And then yep. you tend to get the emotion out of the decision and maybe see a little bit more. So is that something that you do, Laura, when you say clean sheet or is it more of a mental clean sheet? Yeah, it's, I, I should do it more, but there is um, a lot of research and a lot of um, people who coach or provide, um, you know, therapy, coaching. Um, they will say there's um, a lot of value. There's something about actually taking the thought from your mind and physically writing it on paper mm -hmm. um, that helps to stimulate um, other thoughts and a different view. Um, so um, I've been known to do it previously, probably not enough. <laughs> that That's, um, I, I think there's something about um, uh, whether it's our goals, our emotions, how we feel, what we think is good or not so good in a situation, putting it down. Um, there is a certain probably neuroscience element to that that is empowering. Um, the, the other thing I try to... Um, remind myself and uh, call Laura, call Christine, call good friends as well when the going gets tough is um, what is good in a less than ideal situation. I, I think there's always some element of good, no matter how tiny it, it may seem to be. Um, so the practice of um, cultivating um, gratitude uh, for things as simple as um, the flowers they may be in front of us the sunshine uh, the um, opportunity to go for a walk whatever it may be um, uh, back to your points to try to put it in perspective um, so it doesn't feel so trapping 
um, and we can still get a sense of um, empowerment. Um, so, um, Christine, what are your thoughts? Uh, if you think back to a time or occasion where um, it may be challenging uh, outside of your control, you are planted um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, how did you handle it? What, what went through your mind? Yeah, I think, you know, as, as Laura started talking, you know, one of the things that came to mind for me is in times of great change, there is, you know, things you can control, things you can't control. And the, and the one thing that I learned probably only, I would say, 10 years ago, it wasn't this way all my life, but I learned not to stress about things that haven't happened yet, hmm. right? And someone told me once, well, if you're stressing about it now and then it happens, you know, you've double stressed. I was like, oh, okay. That just made a lot of sense to me. So being a little bit logical, it's always trying your best to be prepared, right? You don't want to be head in the sand and not thinking about things. But when it really comes down to it, have I put enough of a plan in place if these things happen? Can I remember when something bad in my life happened and like you said, Muge, something good came out of it to just calm yourself and see the bigger picture of what's what's around you, right? And what what are the possibilities might be. Yeah, one of the one of the things I always think about is I wish I could let go of I don't know if it's the expectation or as you were saying, Christine, the the plan, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yes, we always want to be prepared and some of us more so than others, um, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. However, I think it sets a certain level of expectation of how things will unfold. And um, I always think rec most recently, I wish that I was... Um, uh, less uh, bogged down by those expectations and just more peaceful and open to what life has to bring mm -hmm. um, and uh, more open to the goodness, um, less about how it has to be mm -hmm. and how I need to make it that way, um, as opposed to just being more open to experiencing things as they come my way. Right. I think sometimes it's taking inventory of what is right for you and being true to that. And I just something else sort of triggered in my mind. I had the situation. I was at Microsoft at this time. It was uh, I think I was probably first 15 years and I was working for a GM and managing a, a good big business and I was just getting burned out. I didn't like the job anymore. wasn't learning and I told him this and said, I think I should recruit someone else for my role and looked at a role that was underneath my role that was new. It was, the dynamics business was coming online. I said, I think that I'd really like to do that. And my GM at the time said, no, 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 you, you can't do that. It won't look well. You know, you're stepping from a manager to an individual contributor role. Take he told me, take two weeks off. I want you to really think about this and come back, and then you tell me what you want to do. And he was highly discouraging me not to do it. He got my mentor to tell me not to do it. I came back and I said, no, I still, I want to do it. 
I want to do it. I just feel like it's the right thing for me. And I've done that a number of times. I've done like individual contributor, then like grew a business as a manager, enjoyed it, you know, and it served me well. I learned so much and I just enjoyed the enjoyed the journey so much more. Yep. And I and I think that goes to show you how much um, expectation or how much um, how shall I say uh, plan there is in place, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in large corporations, um, even in smaller corporations. I mean, in society, there's mm-hmm. just this level of expectation, this norm that is. Um, what everyone is somewhat measured against, or we think it needs to be that way. And it doesn't. And you were brave enough and smart enough to see that you were going to take away some learnings and some experiences in making a move that was considered out of the norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, how about about you, Laura? Like when you think about some of these situations how have you bucked the trend and well I'll I'll tell you even just in my personal life I had my children when I was in my 40s I mean 40 and 45 and people I mean I had people say to me is that safe (laughs) I was like okay that's a whole nother subject we need to take offline in terms of your education right our understanding but um I think that's outside of the social norm, mm-hmm. um, right? And, you know, people say to me, well, how are you going to do that? You're going to be so old. When the, and, I'm, and I said, well, but I don't think about it that way, you know? No. Um, and so that's definitely um, one thing I have done differently. I have definitely stepped out of a very rigid and... Um, planned, if you will, career path, right? I mean, stepping away from Anderson Consulting and then actually coming back to the consulting world, not only at Anderson, but then also um, into Deloitte. Um, And I think that it's difficult to do because those cultures are so strong. Um, There are people that are spend their entire career in a particular culture and and look at you as if, what are you crazy? Well, how can you do that? And I too am, um, I, I like change. Um, and I was, you know, at the time that I made those decisions and made those changes, I was curious and I saw other opportunity, um, other growth opportunity uh, for myself. So I wouldn't change it either. Not, not that it's easy mm-hmm. um, because it's certainly, it certainly is um, difficult and and can be scary, um, but I um, I would not change the path that I have taken and the decisions that I've made because I think it, it has helped me grow in ways I never thought I could. Yeah, and the rewards are there, right? I mean, think about all you've accomplished. I mean, both personally and professionally. And if you weren't a risk taker where would you be? Your life would be very different. Yeah. 
It's it's very interesting. I I, I love your perspectives that um, continue to um, make me think uh, when we feel we are trapped in a situation or it's less than ideal. Why do we think that? Uh, what is the origin of our discontent? Is it because of expectations um, placed on us um, through work, through social obligations, or is it truly something that's making us um feel less than in a situation and then letting go to a, as much as possible of those expectations coming back to our own self and our origins can be incredibly liberating, um, which is very hard to do because swimming against the currents um, is, is never easy. The other thing that, um, you know, is just so incredibly important um, that takes actually daily practice uh, is letting go of what we cannot control. Um, and, um, you know, that makes so much sense logically. Why would we expend energy on things we cannot control when we could be using that energy in a number of ways, investing in our health, investing in our relationships, uh, volunteering, uh, learning new skills, a number of ways. Um, so logically, it may not make sense, but emotionally, we still get in that uh, whirlpool of anxiety. And uh, as um, a, a good friend also mentioned, and when you do that, um, you know, worrying so much about what it should be, um, as well as um, what can happen in the future, you're essentially borrowing from futures worry is. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing is a lot of things in life that, um, you know, I worried about haven't come to pass. Uh, but the things I had no idea would happen happened. <laughs> so, um, so, so my, um, you know, um, awesome plan um, uh, is subject to change at any moment of the day. It, it really is. I mean, uh, the biggest example, I think, is who would have thought we would be in a lockdown for two years in a pandemic that fundamentally transformed the way we work, socialize, educate our kids and all of that. So um, it, it's just that's why I will say one of my favorite um, songs is uh, Let It Go from Frozen. I love that movie <laughs> and especially the song and Laura knows this as well when things get tough I am like play that music put that on and give yourself a twirl and if possible put also on your sparkly shoes and um, just break that stress cycle um, because probably um, one, things may not be as bad as you think. And two, uh, everything is subject to change, uh, which, again, um, brings me to quote my favorite philosopher, Rumi, that says, you know, let it happen. Let it all happen to you and go with the flow. Um, uh, you know, nothing is um, infinite, good ends, bad ends, and just, you know, enjoy the moment. But, you know, it's it's a daily, daily practice. It's It's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. So so let's talk about one coping strategies that is available to all of us at no cost, and that is humor and laughter known um, and proven to break the stress cycle and give us that um, levity that uh, we all so need. Um, so, um, Christine, um, do you have a joke for us? I do. <laughs> uh, you always do. You're you're our humor um, humor chief uh, executive officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna win awards for this one, but we'll see. So here's a joke. Uh, why did the can crusher quit his job? I can't wait to hear. <laughs> 
because it was so depressing. So depressing. So depressing. (laughs) That's exactly right. So as as the chief creator of our quarterly humor bundle, Christine, some of the uh, memes that you found actually um, got some pretty rave reviews. One that stayed with me visually is, um, I want a job that is not so jobby like. Um, (laughs) So um, that's that's a good one. Okay, I got one. You actually um, inspired me for this. Why don't eggs tell each other jokes? Not sure Don't why. Crack each other up. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, Laura yes. got it. You Laura got, got it. it. Okay, Laura. Laura needs to get our um, uh, one, uh, favorite uh, gift uh, uh, maracas. Laura, we needed to bring the maracas. I saw those. I saw those. Yes. Those would be what I choose instead of the mug. Done. <laughs> yes. Done. It's a we, little bit of a social profiling experiment too. By the way. It's like, who, what is the individual choosing? Is it maracas or is it the mug? Or are they choosing both? I'm like, you know, don't yeah. don't ask for everything, get one. So um, yes, we are talking about maracas. Actually, this uh, little joke exercise here, um, you know, giving us a chuckle is something I try to do every day. And here's what I do. Here's my here's my routine. I go to Alexa and I say, Alexa, what is the joke of the day? And, uh, you know, it tells something and they're all fairly bad jokes. Um, and I take it a step further and I text the joke to my kids and they roll their eyes and they're like, oh, my gosh, these are such bad jokes. I can't believe you're sharing these with us. I'm like, who cares? They are so bad. They make you laugh. So, um, you know, can underestimate uh, the power of a good laugh. Yes. Yes. So true. So true. So so as we sort of um, start winding down here, what what are the um, what are the perspectives we can offer here um, to um, feel empowered with a sense of optimism, growth and gratitude in situations that are not exactly to our liking for um, whatever reason? What other um, suggestions do we have? Would also you go, say, yeah, sure. yeah, go ahead, um, Laura. I would say, you know, focus like like we we're talking about, right? Identify and focus on the things that are good. I uh, we mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, we all play tennis. When I find that something is, you know, not going the way I want it or I'm having a difficult time or I, I'm just feeling stuck. Um, I rely on tennis. I rely on a lot of um, fitness. Right. Um, I just focus on that. I do more of it. Um, makes me feel good. Um, I try to introduce on a daily basis, like Mugay says, the joke. Um, I might have, you know, 30 minutes of time that I set aside to talk to a friend or do something that I enjoy. Just surf the Internet for whatever it is that you enjoy. Art, fashion. Um, And give yourself a break. Give yourself a mental break. Give yourself an emotional break. Um, Because I think um, without that, you just continue to. So identify those things that can give you um, a break from the stress and the anxiety of the current situation. Yeah. Sort of direct your actions in a positive way until you find out what's next, right? Yeah. Yeah. One thing that really also um, resonates with me, Christine, you also call out is um, 
stop preparing for the next moment. Um, mm -hmm. I think we can continually be in a perpetual forward-looking preparation planning mode, um, especially um, if, if personality is type A, it's even worse. Um, so the problem with stop, you know, preparing for the next moment perpetually is we are never exactly present and happy with what we have, no matter what that is. And, and one example of that, that I have experienced myself, um, is uh, you get a great job, let's say, you're excited. Uh, but at the same time, keep preparing for the next job, the next promotion, the next uh, performance review cycle, whatever the next, next, next is, um, that really uh, puts additional stress um, and um, becomes a hindrance to the joy and uh, learning and connection that we could be having in that moment. Um, I, I caught myself doing that when I'm on a great trip, let's say, um, I'm already planning the next trip um, instead of enjoying the one that I am on. Um, so, um, you know, just trying to bring yourself to the present and stop um, thinking so much about uh, the very next step, the next step will come. Right, right. I, I think it's also important to think about, well, what does success really mean to you? And, and it doesn't have to be just the next job, the next increase in pay, right? We're all, we're like, I think at least the majority of our listeners are at a, a stage in life where they've experienced a lot of, of what life has to offer, the ups, the downs. And when you think about what is a good day, I mean, my good days are very different now than what they were when I was, you know, really driving hard and, you know, two, two kids figuring out how to get them to daycare, how I do all this stuff and manage and, you know, sort of have a life on the weekends. But, you know, it's very different now. And I look back at those times and I'm also like, what was I making the right decisions then? I don't know what you mean, Christine. I want money, fame, <laughs> big jobs. Um, I want yeah. all of that. Um, so, um, but kid kidding aside, I totally get what you mean. And and it's actually interesting. Um, those of us interested in this topic of getting fired up and refired up, uh, what are the things that bring us joy? And those mm -hmm. are tend to be simple and little things. And, and I had a lot of joy last Friday afternoon where I actually set aside time uh, to connect with a couple of friends who I haven't spoken with in a while, um, a long while. And uh, you know how it is with all good old friends. You can pick up and have a great time as though you have never left um, uh, each other. And I'm thinking, you know, I need to do this more often. Um, yes. Just take the uh, spare the block your Friday afternoon and connect with your friends. Um, maybe you haven't spoken with in a while and, uh, you know, completely joyful. Doesn't cost anything. Yeah, and I will I will reiterate or echo uh, Christine your comment about defining success for yourself because I think that has really helped me. Um, and in in light of talking about what the social norms and the social expectations are, um, and being able to define for yourself not only what you believe is successful success for yourself, but also what makes you happy. That's right. Um, and then holding to that. You know, because and I think that's hard to do because there's so many outside influences, um, you know, about our parenting, about our careers, about our marriages, I mean, or our relationships, whatever those may be. And um, but just 
remembering that the way you've defined it for yourself is what makes you happy. And mm-hmm. and you are successful in your mm-hmm. own right. And you sometimes have to become your own internal cheerleader. Right. Um, you know, um, and say, hey, I've I've done a good job and um I've accomplished X, Y, and Z. Write it down if you need to write it down and then pull it out at those moments when you're feeling like, you know, oh, I didn't do this or I didn't do that or comparing yourself to others. Yeah. Or comparing yourself to yourself. I think especially yeah. <laughs> we are we may all be guilty of that different yeah. days. Yeah. Awesome. Great thinking. And uh uh I really appreciate your thoughts um, and um, I, I think we will continue to think deeply and find the joy and create our definition of success that is right for our DNA um, because it is as different as our DNA is um, and you just cannot borrow someone else's template um, and make it your own. So um, thank you for a great conversation today um, and Laura, thank you for joining us. Um, as always, uh, you put a smile on my face. Um, um, every time we interact and Christine, um, um, continue to have fun and uh, be a model to us uh, in all the joyful ways that you uh, show up. And uh, uh, we'll wrap up for now and look forward to the next episode. Thank yeah, you, Laura. It was such a delight seeing you. I do have one quick announcement, Muge. I just want to oh, thank sure. some of our uh, retirement life insiders. So we did a, a little call out to our subscribers from our website and some of the early adopters who were just, you know, helping us think through this initiative. And we asked those folks to share the podcast and encourage others to subscribe. And for the first five who did that, I offered a pair of maracas because we want to spread more joy. And so uh, Alicia Steiger, Lisa Malone, Lisa Ruff, Suzanne Parisi, and Andy White will all be receiving some fun maracas. So thank you so much. And a special recognition to Andy White, who also contributed to our maracas fund. And what is better than giving the joy of more more maracas all over the world? So uh, with that, I just want to thank everybody for listening and look forward to uh, more time together. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you. Here's the maracas and uh, throwing our own parties every day. (laughs) Exactly. Maracas Mondays. It's been a delight. Thank you for listening. Our hope is to spark a little joy inspire and educate our listeners in ways to live an even more meaningful life if you have reactions to share from what you've heard please visit our website refirement.life to leave a voice message you may even be featured in a future episode to keep in touch subscribe to our podcast refirement life using the podcast player of your choice always remember you are never too old to set a new goal or to dream a new dream thanks again for joining us on this episode Until next time.